Blog Talk Radio. This is One on One with Jasper Cole, Hollywood's bad guy, and so much more. Actor, talent manager, producer, and more. Now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment, politics, pop culture, and beyond. This is One on One with Jasper Cole. Howdy, howdy, everyone, and welcome to another edition of One-on-One with Jasper Cole. It is our Thursday night live show, and if you're joining us on an archive show, then you are just able to listen to us wherever you are. Please go to social media. I'm at Jasper Cole Says, S-A-Y-S. Also, you can go to our website, jaspercole.com. There's a link for One-on-One with Jasper Cole. Gives you all the information on past shows and all the links to the shows and upcoming stuff. And, you know, follow us on our social media as well. And we could really always use your help on that. Um, We have a great guest tonight. We have an author and a photojournalist, Mr. Roger Howard. He has a new book out called Focus. It's a novel. Um, it's based on a uh, videographer, photojournalist journalist life, and we'll ask him if it's loosely based on his 30-plus year career as a Los Angeles photojournalist. I can't wait to really talk to him because having tonight, actually around midnight, officially it's my 34th anniversary of moving to Los Angeles with my dear friend, Becky Kennedy, um, we came into town and we ended up down in Inglewood at a friend's house. And we woke up the next morning to the Whittier earthquake, 6.0, one of the biggest quakes L.A. had had in years. So I can't wait to ask uh, Roger about covering that. But along with me experiencing that earthquake, my co-host, who is also a uh, Los Angeles native, please welcome Mr. Ralph Cole Jr. Yeah. Thank and you for go. that introduction, Jess, and go. Action. Thank you, Jasper, for that wonderful rousing introduction. And cut. Okay. <laughs> And moving on, moving on. <laughs> As actors, we like the, our favorite part is between action and cut. So that was really the best you're going to get from me. Okay, that was a lot of fun right there. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know what I realized? If we were on a smart TV right now, we wouldn't be live. So how fierce is that, that we are able to broadcast live? I've learned some uh, technology from my friend Chuck Malcolm. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, so that's our way of reframing. So we're actually glad we're not that this show is is a podcast and not a TV show. So there, take it. Every all those TV executives who didn't want to make this into a talk show, go fuck yourself. How about okay. that? <laughs> 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 that we are making lemonade out of lemons, bitches. Oh on my goodness, that is fucking hilarious. No. <clears throat> Listen, it's going to be wonderful interviewing Roger because part of his journey, he absorbs so much of what he's chronicling. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see if he ever edits himself or edits the people he is capturing, or does he just go for broke and we'll work it out in post, girl. Okay. Well, hey, what's you- amazing is, you know, when you think about all the 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 OJ the riots the earthquakes all the stuff that he that he's covered in his uh, journalistic career in Los Angeles I'm excited that you and I have been in LA well you've been there pretty much all your life except for that 20 years that you served time in uh, Sing Sing is that where you were which prison were it, you in it was called Manhattan okay oh and, same thing okay <clears throat> yeah that was yeah yeah in how you were under house arrest. You know what I was wondering, though? Do you think we know any people in our lives that are on the witness protection program but 
we don't know that because they can never divulge that, but like we're friends with them and we've loved them for years and years. And, you know, I just wondered, like, <clears throat> I can't talk about that, Ralph. I can't disclose any information. <laughs> on that. <laughs> you know, it just seems so weird. It's like, talk about an acting job. It's like, okay, I'm moving to, um, uh, Bellevue, Washington. And, um, I'm, you know, my, I, I'm starting this whole new life. You know, it's just like, wow. You know, so what you're saying is if a, if a person would say leave like maybe Georgia and mm-hmm. then they completely what change their entire name to you a know, whole based new on name the, based on a uh-huh. map, you know, that they saw on the Alleged, wall. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. And then they come here and allegedly pursue a career in show business. But who's to say the whole time they're not an undercover agent for exactly. the CIA or the FBI or like you said, they're in the witness protection program. So yes, yeah, but it might be revealed during the network check because you know they're very stringent about that. You know, not oh, just the, anybody. the background not, checks. Yeah, not just anybody. Or the ones be, they do at Newman Thomas Management are pretty expensive, also. Right, right. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's yeah. what I've heard. No, good. No, no. I see. No, keep it. Run a tight ship. Run that tight ship. Mm-hmm. We do run a tight ship. Absolutely. Well, I am so happy to be back. In Palm Springs, um, I am today. T- tomorrow will be my fir- first completed month in the new apartment in Los Angeles, and um, I'm loving it. I love being there this week and working on a top secret project that will be revealed soon. Um, I want to also say that happy anniversary to my dear husband, Mr. Dennis Trome. We celebrated 24 years yesterday. Yay! Yes, and like I mentioned, Excellent. it's weird because my first 10 years, I, it's always like uh, B, BD and AD, before Dennis and then the after Dennis. After right. Dennis. Yeah. So what my about first 10 CD years. During Dennis. Oh. Okay. Well, those people have been killed. Okay. You know, <clears throat> I, had to, I had to get rid of those. Um, but no, it's fascinating. Yeah. So Becky and I, my dear friend Becky, here we are now, 34 years later, working on an our, another project together that Ralph is involved in. Um, it's a TV comedy. And, you know, Becky and I came to town with Willow Springs Now, which was a play that we co-created, co-starred in, co-produced. I mean, listen, we pretty much hung the ba- I mean, talk about doing it all. We made the backdrop for the show in Atlanta, brought it in her car here. I mean, it was just, when I look back, Ralph, to the, and, you know, Becky was a little bit, well, I can't say well, anyway, Becky was a little bit older than me, had been a little more accomplished in her, her life. She had two master's, de- master's degrees and was a, had a very lucrative teaching career going on when I convinced her to give it all up and move to California. <laughs> so, well, you're no different. The two of you are no different than showrunners today that have created the show. They write the show. The executive produced the show. I mean, they may not be painting the scrim, but they're certainly – standing by the scrim going, no, I want it to look like that, you know, so you wore, the two of you already wore those kind of hats way back then. I mean, you're laughing about like, oh, we pretty much did it all. And so many of the, I mean, when I look at you, I see an Issa Rae, you know, and yeah. mm -hmm. And (laughs) my, 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 my hair is real. So I don't wear weeds. Okay. Can we talk about the black Black co- sketch comedy black show. Lady you... Those oh. motherfuckers are bitches are hilarious. Listen, it is just amazing human nature, Jasper, because you know we had in Living Color all those years ago, and mm-hmm. that stuff was hilarious. They were so good, and you know, and the, the dancers that they had at the beginning, and you know, so throughout throughout time, there have always been hilarious people. Like we mentioned the other day, Flip Wilson and Red Fox. You know, they laid the Moms Mabley. They laid the ground. Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. You know, I mean, it got Godfrey Cambridge. I mean, the list goes on and on. So then, but let's just, you know, I'm what I'm trying to say is there's been so many fabulous entities and comedy troops and everything throughout the ages and now here we are with a black lady sketch show and it's so poignant and because the issues that they tackle or or the sketches that they do are so like that are, are like oh my god that is exactly what happens and they totally satire it so well 
with their multi-characters. I mean, that's really the beauty of binge-watching. Remember we had a guest on once? Oh, I guess it was, was he from the Bay? I don't know, with somebody, and I said, oh, no, I think it was that guy. What was that other high-glossy um, streamlined show that Carolyn Hennessy is on? Oh, Studio City. Right, and remember I said to him, oh, oh Sean Kane, yeah. Sean Kanan. Yes, and I was saying like, do you? Is it okay that I binge watch? He goes, oh no, absolutely, because that helps our numbers too. A binge watch, but you know, um, the beauty of binge watching a Black Lady sketch show is that it just, you know, I'm infiltrated. I absorb so much. I absorbed their outlandish humor, but I absorbed the writing. Because yeah. I know at least two of them are writer, the actresses are writers too, and just <clears throat> and Issa's on it. It's just like, when do all these people ever sleep and learn all these lines? And what I love, I love their approach on the show because at the end of each show they do outtakes, and I love outtakes. They're I so do funny. too. I love bloopers and all that. And um, and the thing that you know, the, at the beginning of their show, it reminds me of the beginning of a different world. And mm-hmm. which doesn't bother me. It's not like I don't feel like oh god, you ripped it off. It's like it's entertaining. It's fun. Well, I think they're pay- they're paying homage to some of those shows, you know. Oh, that's a, that is, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because I mean, like Robin Thiel, the the creator and the head writer and the performer, she's been around a long time. I mean, as I mentioned, she's she's really been behind the scenes. She's never really been in front of the scenes. This is really her first like. Second, maybe second project where she's in front of the camera. She's always always been a writer producer behind the scenes, so it's just kind of her. But I wanted to get boomerang it and get another plug in because when you're talking about binging, I just want to make sure I plug that October 14th, uh, two weeks from tonight, this season three premiere of The Family Business uh, drops, as they say, on BET Plus, and that's a show that I will be introduced on this season as Corey Black. And um, all 10 episodes or 12 episodes will um, come out on October 14th, and you can watch them all at once. And I think I'm in three, four, or five. I really don't know because the way we shot them, um, we'll just go with five. How about that? Um, okay. And then Denise Boutte, we have Ernie Hudson, Darren Henson, Miguel Munoz. I mean, Nunoz, we have such a great uh, Robert Ricardo cast of characters. I'm just thrilled to be a part of this. I'm thrilled to be a part of any show, but especially Valerie Pettyford. Be- yes, your friend and dear friend. And, she is, and she's been so a listen, guest on our show. Valerie works nonstop. She is so fierce. I just got goose pimples. She is so fierce. You know, we know so many fierce people, Jasper. And Planet Earth, when we say fierce, it's like really solid, just strong-ass people, like Erica Renee Davis, another one. Yes. By the way, did we we say say congrats to her with her newborn, right, Hillary Theodore Davis? Yes, which, whom I nicknamed Teddy Bear. If we didn't, Planet Eartha, our Erica Renee Davis popped out this, the most beautiful, delectable child. I was texting with Erica today. We were going back and forth because we're, we like each other so much, so we just chat every now and then. And, and that, she, did, she lifted the restraining order, right? Right oh, before yeah, that the baby was, was born? Yeah, okay. That was, yeah, that was lifted back when we had lunch with Rose. So, oh, you know, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the so, pandemic yeah. hit, so it didn't yeah. matter. So, so that was like an automatic restraining order. So, you know, whatever. But, like, that's all in the past right now. And, and by the uh, way, I was, I was going to originally have um, – I was going to see her yesterday at the park. I was going to meet Hillary at the Pan Pacific – oh, I shouldn't say that. The stalkers will show up. Um, or the paparazzi. I wouldn't mind having a stalker. Come to Pan Pacific. Um I was going to meet her, and <laughs> there's no Pan Pacific Park, people. I'm making that up. Oh, my um, God. But we were going to finally meet yesterday, and then she had a uh, – she's fierce. You know, baby, no baby, surgeries, because she had a really hellacious uh, birth uh, delivery. And when she finally comes back on for our next Breaking the News, we're going to let her really bring us up to date and really – educate us on what happened to her you know she really almost died in the delivery room she had a really horrendous situation and i think it's something that she could educate 
other people about because it's a condition she really had never heard of. But mm. um, the good news is, you know, she's great. Hillary's great. Keith is great. They're all great. So I, I didn't mean to get off on that subject, but when you mentioned her, I just suddenly realized, I don't know if we actually gave her her prize. Oh, right. Right. No, exactly. <clears throat> but no, you good. should We're be good. on. We got to get you on the Black Lady Sketch Show. For sure. Oh my goodness! Well, I, you know, I as I, I was watching it, there were so many people on the show that I knew, either knew personally or had worked with, or just had always enjoyed watching on TV. That I thought, oh my God, I should be on this show too because there are just so many funny things, and you know, it's like, oh, it's so fun to watch all this stuff, now, you know, Jasper, because. Um, I mean, like, I, I mean, I always have, but, you know, my whole outlook is just so different now, you know, and I'm learning how to live alone again. Yeah. You know, now I'm, I'm this time living alone. It's, it's a whole new alone. Like I lived alone for nine years here in this house, but I still had Rose, mm-hmm. you know, like we, there was always that um, umbilical connection. And then I had the pleasure of having Michael. Daddy was already gone. I mean, I was with my father for the first four years, and then the nine years I lived by myself. So now that I'm completely by myself, walking through the hallways and and upstairs, and you've been to my house, you know, so and going beautiful house, so much history there. Yeah. Yes. Oh God, you just gave me goose pimples again. So much history, and um, you know, I'm here now, and this is our 56th year in the house. Oh. But it's a great feeling of just like, like, you know, like I was walking upstairs with my coffee, getting ready for our show, and just like, what a pleasure that everything that I'm looking at and that you saw when you were here, I did. And what what I mean by that is my parents generously purchased this house 56 years ago but in terms of me restoring it and getting it into a place where i was able to take care of three human beings in a clean Mm. environment it's just it's so magnanimous to me and it'll always be that you know so that's why i'm on a you know in addition to the cannabis high that i'm sometimes on i am (laughs) um very high on life one, I mean, as I've always been, you know, and as I mentioned how Dominic Friesen said the nicest thing to me online about my energy and how I invoke a good feeling amongst people. It was just so nicely said, but, mm-hmm. and, and it's really true. I, and I'm not even trying, that's just me. And that's why you and I have always gotten along so well, because you're the complete opposite. So it's like, you know, we, <laughs> was that a, I'm sorry. Was that a backdoor compliment? I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure that one out. Just keep, no, just keep up. Just keep up. Keep you know, up. Show okay. Me, yeah. yeah I guess I'll say, really, yeah. I'll say thank you. I yeah. Guess? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Remember yeah. back when we used to first start our show, Planet Earth, <clears throat> Jasper and I have known each other now for 12 years. So we always got along all of that stuff. And then when he decided to do this show, he invited me along to be his co-host. This is when it was called On the Set with Jasper Cole. And it was the entertainment like it is now. Um, it, it, it's always been a diverse group of people, and, but, you know, some entertaining people. It, you know, well, all people are entertaining. You get what I'm saying. Anyway. Not, not really, but okay. <clears throat> um, we'd be doing our show. Like Jasper and I never planned out anything we never had mm-hmm. outlines it was just all very like it wasn't like we were late or last minute to the studio nothing like that we were there in plenty of time all of that but in terms of like what are we going to do on the show today all we knew was who our guest was that mm-hmm. was the only thing that we knew you know and what they did and so based on that we'll just you know we'll just wing it wing it wing it as they say Exactly. Yeah, I'd and, like to think that we we did our own research uh, separately, and then we came together because I just love spontaneity, and I like shows where it's not rehearsed. You know, it's the difference between the view and the talk. The view, yes, they have a production meeting in the mornings, and they select the topics they're going to talk about, but they don't literally say, "Okay, Joy, I'm going to say this, and you're going to say that." But apparently, mm. the talk is very scripted like that. It's very interesting when we bring on 
today's featured guest, as I mentioned, uh, Roger Howard. It'll be interesting coming from the world of journalism to get his take on that as well. But I always like the shows where, you know, I feel like it's more off the cuff and not so scripted because you don't, I mean, you can even be scripted, but allow for some improv, you know, to, to be in there. Well, yeah, and that's called an outline, you know, right. in, in terms of like, you know, and there have been sometimes, I mean, you know, Jasper, we've done things when it's like, okay, we're having this person on again. Let's talk about this, that. Oh, and let's make sure we get in the thing about the hula hoops. You know, we'll do things like that. So we don't know where it'll come in, but it will come in at some point. But the point I was saying about all of that was that when Jasper and I first started these shows and we'd have these guests on the show and the guests after the show would be like, oh my God, I, I I didn't know where to come in. You guys just moved so fast. <laughs> and, and it was just like, you, it's a train, honey. Jump on when you can. Well, you know? and we, and used we, to do, we used to do two hours live, remember? Live two oh hours my in goodness. the studio with like four, three or four guests and multiple segments. And so when I switched over to one-on-one with Jasper Cole, the whole idea was just to focus on one, you know, one guest at a time and be, be a little more focused. I mean, I love doing it, you know, all the different ways, but it's interesting how when COVID hit and everything became remote, doing just the one guest almost lends itself so much better to remote, you know, and being able to do it. But listen, I wanted to get to our guest, as I mentioned at the top of the show. He's an author and a photo uh, journalist. It's Roger Howard, but it's R-O-D-G-E-R. And we have to apologize because um, the team here kept putting R-O-G-E-R on the graphics. And it was – now, Mercury is in retrograde. I don't know if there's any of you out there who follow that. I used to make fun of it, but I don't anymore because here's an example where we changed the, the, the graphics for this for Roger's uh, promos today five times, and it would never change. But anyway, you can follow him also on Instagram at Nose for News N-O-Z, the letter, I mean, the number four, N-E-W-S. So at this time, please welcome our special guest, Mr. Roger Howard. Hello. Oh, my. Wow. Hey, Roger. How oh are you? I'm, I'm well. How are you? I'm good. This is Jasper. Say hi to my co-host, Ralph. Ralph, Hi. Hey, Roger, welcome to our show. And listen, for a nominal fee, you can have that applause follow you wherever you'd like it to. Okay? You know, right. I'm, think, I'm thinking about it. I could use that. <laughs> Wouldn't that no, be great? We, we could oh, all use on. that. Every, instead, you know, when the alarm clock goes off, and we should have Alexa do that, right? She's, we yeah. should train Alexa to, like, give us all a big a round of applause. Well, first of all, thank you for doing the show. And you heard my apologies for constantly butchering your name in our promos. I mean, I, no worries, I, don't know, no worries. I don't know what's happening, but um, congrats on the new book, Focus. Thank you. And Thank you. Yes, it's so exciting. Ralph and I were saying at the beginning, you know, Ralph is a native uh, Angelino, and uh-huh. I've been here 34 years as of midnight tonight. So, wow. Yeah, and so I'm, you know, and you, you were 30-plus years in your journalist photojournalist career. So it's so great to be able to talk to you about all the experiences of, of probably most of those Ralph and I were in LA at the same time, but um, quite possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I, before we're going to get to the book, obviously, but leading up to that, tell us about your, you know, your journey and how you, what brought you to LA and how did you get into journalism and all that good stuff? What brought me to LA was, um, my parents, DeSoto. <laughs> um, I was a I was a young child, and uh, they got tired of the snow on Long Island, and said, "It's either Hawaii or California, and we can't wow. drive to Hawaii." So, right. so we packed up and and drove to California. And uh, you sound so like the Beverly Hills here... Billies, Roger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I've been here since uh, I don't know uh, since I. Could barely walk. No. Um, so you're basically one of my first na- memories. Can I drop something native. in here? One of my yeah. first memories was um, my mother got tickets to see the Dodgers at Dodger mm-hmm. Stadium, and I was thrilled because I played ball. I was uh, nine years old, 
Okay. So we pile in the car and we go to Dodger Stadium and we get in our seats and I'm just staring at Sandy Koufax pitching. Mm. And he's we're playing the Mets. And as the game goes on, people are mumbling and and uh, whispering to each other that uh, he hadn't given up a hit yet. Huh. And we get to the ninth inning, and he still hasn't given up a hit, and we're leading five to nothing. And sure enough, my first game at Dodger Stadium, Sandy Koufax pitched a no hitter. Oh my wow. God, that was wow. huge. Wow. Were yeah. your were your your parents were they um, native New Yorkers? Yes, they were. Yeah, so getting to be at the Mets game and out here, and that's so they really moved quite. So they moved cross country from family and everything to sort of start anew here. Correct. Yes, that's, they did. that's amazing. Yeah. And would you that's go been, back? Would you go back to visit back to uh, New York to visit family? Uh, there's over really here? no one back there that you okay. know, as far as family goes. But it, it was it's fun to go back and see the old house every time, every now mm-hmm. and again. Right, right. It's a great image you conjured up, Roger, about Dodger Stadium and the the Dodgers and Sandy Koufax. I immediately saw the spelling of his name because I, too, was there with (laughs) my parents. And I immediately thought of the blue Dodger helmets that we used to be able to purchase, you know, and wear. So um, thank you for that. That's why... Jasmine and I, it was so fun having you because just that little tidbit right there, and that's when you were nine, so you have so many more to go, but it's like, Uh, wow, that's a nice memory. Thank you. Sure. Yeah, that was fun. So, Roger, when we all, when we start, when when we complain about how much L.A. has changed, when, you know, Ralph and I talk, I'm 57, Ralph is a little bit older, but, you know, we talk about the traffic and all that, so you get to look back and you can remember L.A. in a different kind of energy, I guess. I mean, of course, it's always been a bustling big city, but um, right. it, it was a yeah. simpler time in many ways, I guess. It was much simpler. Um, I can remember as a, a young teenager, 13, 14, getting on the bus and um, going down to Hollywood and just spending the evening with a friend or two walking up and down Hollywood Boulevard on the Walk of Stars and mm. going into the little shops and, and uh, you know, watching the people and stuff. And if, I mean, my kids are older now, but if I had a 13-year-old who, <laughs> who told me he was going to get on the bus <laughs> oh, for God. Hollywood Boulevard, I, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, you've, not, seen not today. The, you've, you've seen the many incarnations of Hollywood, right? I mean, it was at one time, like you mentioned, it was really nice, and then it went way, way down, and then it's kind of had a uh, semi-resurgence, you know, it's, it's it's cleaned up a lot more, it's not quite Times Square yet with, you know, the different tables right. yet, but it it has been nice to see it sort of ebb and flow over the years, but so let's talk about, so how, did you sort of have this love of photography, and how did you get into photojournalism i mean you went to college obviously but had you always had sort of a, a a love for it or an interest in it well um growing up i always had my eye on the police department i was going to be in the police department specifically mm. lapd okay. and um as a young adult i had an accident lost partially lost some of the vision in my left eye which um you know as you know for the lapd you've got to have really good vision and such and um so that wasn't going to work right and uh then um my my other love was photography i had a still camera and had it with me most of the time and uh i can say i was i drove people crazy cuz i would <laughs> see something out the car window and say hold on hold on and I'd pull over and park, and I'd run and try to get a good shot of it, whatever it was, somebody with an interesting mm. look or, or a sign, maybe a, a sign. I can recall taking pictures of a bus bench with a with an ad on it that was misspelled, and I said, mm-hmm. i got to get a picture of this, you know. Mm. And so anything that struck my imagination, I would jump out and take a picture of it. So one day at lunch, I, I, uh, was, I, I noticed a, uh, a news van, uh, I 
was sitting at a restaurant, and there was a news van parked in the restaurant parking lot. And I went out, and I talked to the guy, and I said, man, that seems like a great job. And he said, yeah, you know, um, don't have to sit in an office all day. You're out doing mm-hmm. different stuff and, and uh, seeing the world. And I said, yep, that's, that's, that's what I want to do. So, um, yeah, I went to school. And um, what, I, what I tell people who are just starting in the business is basically what he told me, and that is to never turn down a day's work. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're offered a day on the set or on a soundstage or at a studio or at a TV station doing anything, do it. Mm-hmm. I don't care what they pay you. I don't care if they don't pay you. Do it. Mm-hmm. Because the person you are working for, and I worked for a lot of flaky people. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot of uh, little production houses and foreign language stations and such. And the person you are working for is basically a few cars ahead of you on the train, but he's on the same train you are. Mm. He's, he's unhappy with his job, and he <laughs> wants to move up, and he wants to work for someplace bigger and make more money and be more successful. So you're working for this fella, and he's going to remember – who came in on short notice, who came in mm-hmm. in the middle of the night, who worked hard, you know, who showed up right. when nobody else did. And so when he moves on to his bigger and better job, he's going to remember because he's going to need help um, and he's going to call you. And that's exactly what happened to me. I, I worked for everybody who would hire me. And just like I said, you know, the boss moved on to something bigger and better and before you knew it, I started getting calls. Hey, are you available? You want to come in? And uh, it took me a few years, but I got a staff job and um, got laid off, and then I got another staff job uh, and kept kept that one for 25 years. So mm. that's how it works. So your la- the one for 25 years, who were who was that with, the final? You know, because of the book, oh, um, I I'm got trying you. Okay. to keep – fairly anonymous as far as that goes. Um, The stories, as as the subtitle of the book, is um, an almost 100% true story (laughs) of an intrepid news photographer. And so the stories are basically true, and the names are changed to prevent litigation. And to protect protect the guilty or the innocent, whichever one. Right. Well, 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 it's um, fascinating. Yeah. Go ahead, Ralph. Well, Oh, thank you, Jasper. Roger, two things. First of all, the reason why your name was misspelled for the publicity was to help recall that bus bench um, years ago. <laughs> so, so there's yeah. that. You know, we're, yeah. we, we we do our research, and thank we like that. yeah, we like to make our guests feel comfortable. Okay, and uh-huh. then number two. Um, we ha- we have a joke on the show, or uh, between Jasper and myself, where we boomerang when whenever a guest or anybody says something, and then we make it about ourselves. We call that a boomerang, and I just wanted to create uh, to establish one today with you about your you being so. Um, uh, enthusiastic about working with the LAPD. I was actually a member of the LAPD Junior Band, uh, in wow. marching band, um, in the '60s. Oh wait, no, that would have been the '70s. And uh, I played flute and piccolo for the there marching band. So <clears throat> I just wanted to share that with you as well. Very and that's nice. what kept that's what kept him off the police force later. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had photos, and that was it. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was a photojournalist there. They caught me, so you know, right. I had a change. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, fat, what's also fascinating, um, everyone, is the, the, all the events that you covered in in your thirty years. You know, you. It, we talk about the OJ trial. We talk about the earthquakes. I was mentioning earlier, my first day in L.A. was the Whittier earthquake in 1987. Mm. Um, do, you ha- do you have any any stories about that event or any coverage of the About the that Whittier time, earthquake? Yeah, so it was, you know, I, we had driven four days from Georgia, my girlfriend and I, and we we wake up that morning to this huge earthquake, and we didn't really know – much about earthquakes and then we turn on the news and that's the one where Kent Shotnick jumped under the desk, you know, when that's the, right. 
the cameras. So for two kids from Georgia, we were freaked out. I kept thinking this is not a good sign. I think it means we're supposed to go back, you know, home. But I got to see how L.A. reacted because, sadly, like each one has just gotten bigger, you know, over the years. Mm -hmm. But there was so much media coverage when that when the earthquakes happened at that time. Well, I'll be honest with you. Um, there have been so many. You're going to have to tell me what year that was. Oh, okay. It was 1987, and I believe um, okay. it was it was set in Whittier. I know that that's when there were some apartment buildings in Whittier that, like, pancaked, um, stuff right. like that. But, but it was a 6.0, you know, but um, – but yeah. for and and then we really didn't have an I think the next really big one after that was uh the the um Northridge quake. Right. Which and which Northridge, is when the Yeah. Northridge I have a more much more interesting story. Um, yeah, tell us I was about that working one. I was working um on the early morning news, which at that time I think we went on the air at four thirty, possibly mm-hmm. yeah, must have been four thirty. And I live 30 miles from the station north of L.A., the northern end of L.A. County. And um, so the commute for me was a breeze at 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, There was no traffic, so I kind of preferred that to coming in at 2 in the afternoon or something. Oh, yeah. Or 9 in the morning. Um, So anyway, I left the house at 4, got to the station at 4.30, and pulled into the parking lot, and it was a parking structure of a, kind of an old, maybe 50s or 60s building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm on the lower level of the parking garage, and my car starts bouncing up and down. Mm. I look, and there's chips of concrete falling on my car. You know, holy crap. So I pull out of the garage real quickly and uh, run into the station, and the station was shaking and falling apart, too. They eventually had to tear it down. But um, the next three days, we were out finding damage and, you know, doing live shots all over the city. But um, the point of the story is, on that drive-in on the 5 freeway, Mm -hmm. um, there was a a bridge where the 14 crosses over that I remember as you recall, and a police officer died. Um, and I had driven under that bridge about 15 minutes before it went. Wow. Because that's where he literally didn't know it was gone, right? He just kind of drove well, off. Well, yeah. He or... was coming in on the 14, mm-hmm. and the CHP was set up there stopping traffic, saying you can't go through, the bridge is out. And he... You know, just figured he could flash his badge and go through, and I don't know that he ever stopped to talk to them. Right. Um, he was on a motorcycle and yes. probably just flashed his badge and said, I'm out of here, and drove off. And, you and know, a, poor guy. Oh, God. And that's also when the uh, part of the near Fairfax, uh, the overpass, pancaked a little Correct. bit on the way as well. Yeah, that was, that was a scary one because that was, like you said, in the early morning hours and – it was so dark outside. And I remember there's something, it, there's something worse about being awakened abruptly like that out of a sleep or in your case, you were already up, but most of us were sleeping. But, um, and how about the coverage of the OJ trial? I'm sure that was a major. Event uh, the for first you. trial, I spent nine months of my life at the courthouse. Wow. Uh, 12 hour shifts. Um, so, the overtime was good, but the, the assignment right. <laughs> was not so good. Um, the first few months was nothing but rain, and, uh, yeah, it was pretty miserable. Um, I got there bright and early on uh, on verdict day and set up at the very top of the stairs um, so I'd have a nice shot of the uh, the crowd that, had, that was gathering outside. And uh, when they read the verdict, of course, it was pandemonium. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's quite memorable. And then the yeah. civil trial, uh, same thing. And how about the uh, the riots that we had all during, you know, the Koreatown and the the looting and the burning and right. That... Um, well, at that time, I was one of the one of the few 
uh, cameraman who um, was trained to shoot from a helicopter. And um, wow. in, in those days, we didn't have the remote control, um, you know, cameras that they have now where the mm-hmm. photographer stays in inside the helicopter where it's nice and comfortable and works a joystick <laughs> or a computer screen or whatever. No, what we did, we took the door off, uh, a strap Ooh. around our waist, made sure oh it was attached, and stood on the skid. Mm. Oh, my God. Um, like, you're like so, a stunt person. <clears throat> um, yeah. And uh, so we'd be, you know, 400 feet above the ground uh, with a camera on our shoulder trying to keep it steady. And um, so I did that. Um, as soon as we heard there was a, a verdict um, in the King trial, mm-hmm. um, we jumped aboard the helicopter, and uh, I was on the clock for 56 continuous hours. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. We would land wow. and refill, refuel and change pilots and go back up. And, uh, yeah, I honestly, I'd never seen anything like it. Fire everywhere you turned. And mm-hmm. as, a, as a news photographer, you, can, you know how to make a fire look bigger than it is. Mm-hmm. It's not an ethical thing to do, but you can you know how to do it. Mm-hmm. But there was no way to make this look bigger than it was. I mean, you couldn't was... capture it all. You couldn't do it. Well, I was living in Silver Lake at the time, and um, mm-hmm. I was. It's so weird. I'm watching on TV, right? This looting of a Circuit City store on Sunset, and suddenly I realize it's literally like out my window and down the hill. You know, so right. it's so yeah. it's surreal because you're. You're living in the city and you're watching all this on TV and it's almost like you're watching a, a, a movie or it's happening somewhere else. So um, now, you know, photography in general changed so much over the years. Um, everything's gone digital. You know, the cameras are digital. Um, ha, do you feel like the quality of the work is better with with better with the faster kind of equipment or do, do you lose some of the quality in the images um, in today's? Well, I'm not sure the the equipment has much to do with the quality of the work necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, it might. Uh, low light situations, things like that. But it's the photographer who's who makes the difference. Who makes um, the difference. And, you know, people... Sometimes they call you a cameraman. Sometimes they call you a photojournalist or a photographer. Mm-hmm. The, the correct job description is news videographer. Videographer. Um, a cameraman is a guy in the studio with a mm-hmm. headset on, and the director is telling him, you know, push in, give me a tighter shot, give me a wider shot, give me a two shot, you know, this or that. So he's basically doing what he's told. A videographer is making those decisions himself. Right. And, you know, from what angle am I going to shoot this story? How, you know, I got my tight shots, my wide shots, my cutaways. Um, all those decisions are made by him. And so that's, that's a big difference. And um, as far as the equipment, yeah, it's lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... Uh, uh, in some cases easier to use, in some cases not. Mm-hmm. Um, I've used some smaller cameras that were actually too small or too lightweight. Um, you know, you need some balance there. You need some balance on your shoulder to keep it steady. Um, when I started, we had a 30-pound uh, camera on the right shoulder and a 30-pound recorder on the left shoulder. <laughs> and wow. So wow. That, yeah, I, you know, that was right after they uh, said goodbye to the sound man and you were expected to do it <laughs> you were doing it. You were kind of doing everything, yeah. Well, sure, hello, yeah. And, hello, and so, Dave, Roger. Thank you. So you've, you're no stranger to, like, what the actors have had to go through in doing self-tapes when they took away your sound guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, as far as convenience and everything, yeah, it's a lot better. Um, what hasn't gotten better is that, and I, I write about this in the book, is that, um, you know, like I say, you used to have a sound man and a mm-hmm. cameraman and a reporter and a writer 
and uh, producer. And now you have one person who does it all. Wow. And, yeah. Um, and, of course, in school we learned all of those jobs. You learn right. to be a writer and you learn to set up lights and sound and, and camera and on air. And, and then when you finished with school, you, as a rule, you would choose which of those paths you wanted to follow. If you wanted to be a reporter, if you wanted to be a cameraman, if you wanted to be a mm-hmm. sound man, whatever, you would go off in that direction. Now you're expected to do all of those jobs. And, um, yeah, so I think some of the quality in some cases is going to suffer. Um, because of that. Well, when we're watching like a live shot, you know, on a local news and they cut to the reporter who's outside the courthouse or whatever, when the, mm-hmm. the camera, the camera person that's filming the reporter, are they, like you said, they're still getting direction from the truck or from a director or, or on the live shots, do they have a little bit more creativity than when they're in the studio or how does that Oh, sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're the cameraman on a live shot, you've got a headset on and they're telling right. you, you know, push off the reporter or show the big fire in the background, you know, the, mm-hmm. and of course you shouldn't have to be told that, but um, right. yeah, right. I mean, you're, you're getting your direction from somebody else, but that doesn't take away from the fact that, you know, you're out in the field and you probably shot what is their package or what you call their insert, you know, that Mm -hmm, they throw mm -hmm. to and say, here's what happened earlier. So the, yeah, the cameraman, the photog who's with that reporter um, contributed greatly. A lot, greatly, yeah. Yeah. But the other thing is, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say for us actors in the film and TV world, you're almost like a DP, a cinematographer. Absolutely. Uh, you're doing it all yourself. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, just that, um, uh, again, something I talk about in the book is that you, um, when you watch a story on the news, it's, what, a minute and a half? If, mm-hmm. if you're lucky, two minutes if it's a really important story. But you've probably spent all day on it. So mm-hmm. what you see is compressed and sanitized and the hell is edited out of it so that there are no disturbing images. There's nothing, mm-hmm. nothing showing the ugliness of the world. Right. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Um, it's all a nice little story with a bow on it. But mm-hmm. what you saw with your eyes during that day can be very, very disturbing. Right. And right. that's the stuff that's left out of it. So the viewer doesn't have to go through that. I mean, um, in a lot of cases, say it's a, a, a homicide, you know, you're, you're shooting. Um, in a lot of cases, you're going to get there and there's going to be a body in the street. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to see it. You're probably mm-hmm. not going to take a picture of it because you know it's not going to get on TV. Right. But you're going to see it and you're going to see the blood and the guts. And... Um, so it affects the person doing that job. Oh, sure. Um, in much the same way as a law enforcement officer. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known plenty of cops, and the one thing they'll tell you is, you know, if you get married, do it after you become a cop, not before. Mm. Because you're going to be a different person. Right, you know? right. And Just so, by what you see and experience. Right. Yeah. And to some degree, that would apply to a news photojournalist as well. Um, Mm -hmm. You're going to be a different person within a matter of years. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Roger, because being the journalist and videographer that you became is parallel to being that law enforcement. And that's what Mm -hmm. you always wanted to do. So in a lot of ways, yes. Yeah, I know, don't get so, I don't get shot at quite as much, but <laughs> quite as much exactly. But yeah, it's it's interesting hearing or that criti- or criticized as much either. I guess. <laughs> no, that you're right. wrong there. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> you know, and, and another observation I had, Roger, but when you were explaining the difference between cameraman and videographer, is that it sounds like you you might be able to put your own things and and 
develop a style of oh very much so yes uh, okay so like a, like uh, a dp in film that you know certain exactly. dps are they're known Unlike, for oh yeah no they're known for their styles exactly jasper thank you well and then let's let's get to the book because that's that's so exciting to talk about. If you're just joining us, we're, our special guest is author Roger Howard. His new book is Focus. And tell us about, so like you said, it's, you know, it's loosely based in quotation marks. Um, tell us about the main character in the book and what people can expect a little bit without giving away all the juicy stuff. <laughs> okay. The main character, his name is Ron Sharp, and uh, he's um, much younger and much better looking than I am, but he's <laughs> loosely based based on my life. Um, and it's funny that we earlier talked about OJ and the riots and the earthquakes. I lived through those, but are they in the book? No, they are not. Right. And the reason is Everybody knows about them. There have been mm-hmm. movies, there have been books, there have been miniseries, the whole thing. So I didn't feel like I had anything to add. Mm-hmm. Um, there are very interesting, frightening stories um, that this photographer lives through. And um, uh, he, his life changes over the course of uh, the book. He's rather aloof at first and uh but after going through things that he goes through um he starts to um wonder about his life and you know what's important to him um he meets meets a woman that he wants to have a relationship with and you know how much um how much can he be himself how much can mm. he relate what he sees out in the world um, without jeopardizing that relationship? So, yeah, there are a lot of um, very interesting stories that uh, that kind of you know, like come say, from real the, real life. Well, yeah. Now, what happened was I, um, for some reason, I started keeping a journal, what they call a day runner, mm-hmm. at the very beginning of my career. And so I had 30 days, or excuse me, 30 years of notes of every single story that I covered over the years. And um, so as time went on, people would, you know, when people ask you, what do you do for a living? You know, I'm a news cameraman, news photographer. Oh, wow, tell me some stories. Tell me what did you do today? You know, what's the most exciting story you've ever been on? And that's an impossible one to answer. Right, but anyway, right. Um, so over the years, people would say, wow, you have so many great stories. You need to write a book. And I thought, well, yeah, I do have great stories, but how am I going to do this? And and people would say, you have to write an autobiography. Well, nobody knows who I am. Nobody's going to buy my autobiography, you know? (laughs) So I just, I came up with this concept that I can tell the stories and weave them together with fictional characters. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. I took probably, I don't know how many stories are in there. I mean, some of them are only a paragraph, but probably 50. And I tried to weave them together with Ron and the people in his life. Um, and every one of those people is based on another person. And and some will recognize themselves and some won't. But, right. um, but yeah, I mean, they're all true stories basically. And, you know, uh, well, I could see, I could see a series of books, you know, I could see an ongoing uh, series or, cause you've got so many stories and Ron, you know, can keep, keep going with his adventures. And, and I could also see this as a, a film, you know, or a TV project because. Oh, good. Do you know anyone? Uh, well, yes, we might. We actually, do. Actually, 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 we do. We, we actually, oh, we do. And Roger and I was thinking, you know, what I was thinking of Jasper is like the born identity, you know, and it's like, and that's who Ron Sharp is. And, okay. you know, there are these various installments where, you know, he's in Istanbul, 
going through the caves of Bibbidi Bob, you know, and all his various adventures. Oh my God, it's a reality. But story even just like in, just for just for a series, you know, it could be literally. Well, we don't want to give our ideas away, but just exactly. based just based in Los Angeles with this kind of gritty veteran uh, <laughs> photojournalist videographer. I, I wanted to ask you earlier, and I I forgot to. Do you have, and it's not like a favorite, but is there a another videographer that that you kind of loved his work or her work or, you know, like you said, a lot of people don't know maybe outside the industry names of these people, but was there someone's work that you that really inspired you in that field? Wow, um, I would hate to leave anyone out, but right, um, I do mention a couple of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy the- Weintraub was one of the best. Uh, he taught me a lot, and he passed away a few years ago. Uh, Larry Green was outstanding. Um, he also he he passed away during the war, um, the Gulf War. He was um, somewhere in the Middle East. I forget where, but um, so many really mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. photo journalists that. Um, yeah, inspired me to to improve my craft. Well, I love what you said at the beginning because Ralph and I tell we tell young actors that all the time about you know take any job that comes your way. I always say you know it's not about getting paid; it's about making the contacts and the experience and and mm-hmm. and, and and you know just say yes, say say yes to the opportunities. Um, right. Well, I wanted to let everyone know that Focus is available on Amazon. Um, are there other platforms people can find the book? BarnesandNoble.com. Perfect. I want everyone to, to go out and, and, and get this and look for maybe some future books coming from from Roger. Again, he, on Instagram, he's at Nose for News, N-O-Z, the number four N-E-W-S, and it's R-O-D-G-E-R. Um Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D. Um, it's been an honor to have you here. I wish we had more time, but I'd love to have you come back. And uh, we should um, want to give a shout out to Lisa Rodrigo for connecting us. And uh, yeah. yeah, we'll be in touch. I'd love to I, I, anytime, anytime. Yeah. I think, you've Thank got you a, very much, I think you've got a TV and film project here. So well, maybe you know, we can talk I, about that. Yeah, I would love it. <laughs> that would be great. Well, listen, yeah. Roger, thank you so much. Take care of yourself, and thanks for being on the show today. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Bye. Wow, what a great interview, Ralph. Yeah. Oh, God. See, and I knew we were both excited because we would know things, and sure enough, we did. You know, just about um, references that we had. Because I was going to mention, I was in the, seven, the 1971 earthquake in Silmar. Mm, Silmar, right. And that was a big one. Well, but, I love what he said. You know, what, what I, I'm really anxious to read the book because it's really taking on a, it's talking about really PTSD and what. I thought you know, of that, yeah. You know, these, these stories. And I had, you know, honestly, like I, you forget about what cop see what photo i never really thought about it's a great thing to think about what they do see and we never see as the viewer because exactly. it's now but like you said it's forever sketched in their their minds it's like a mm-hmm. a, a soldier in in the war that they see and all this stuff and it's like and again i know it's a boomerang but in all seriousness it's like me and rose because i get flashbacks of images of like, oh God, yeah, that I don't have, you know, I I'll see an image, uh, not a, a great image, you know, and then just let it go. But, um, you know, because certain things do get emblazoned in your brain when you see it enough or you know experience it enough, and um, that was really profound. What he said, it's like with that advice he got: if you're going to get married, do it after you become the journalist. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and he, you know, he has he has kids and he has grandkids, and I was going to talk to him about. You can imagine the, when he said he worked fifty six straight hours. I mean, oh there were times God. he was away from home a lot, and of course, you know, all you and I could think about is where you know, you, where did you where did you go to the bathroom? I 
don't let the world know. Don't let the world know, Jasper. But tell me, I wanted... tell me you didn't think about it. Oh, Go ahead. my God. I thought about it before he said 56 hours. Okay. I thought about it when he was driving at 4 in the morning to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh, uh-huh. honey, that's a 12 Because we've, we've all had those 5 a.m. calls for work. Yes. And we just, yes. We just ooh, think, tra- oh, we're going to have to get up at 2 to get it all so, going. To get it all going, but the traffic, like he said, is fierce. And then, you know, 12 hours later when you're driving back home, and then it's like, oh, girl. But no, it's like, a, know, it's like a, bowl, a bowl filler. Um, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my God. You can only so... have so many cramps and so much. You can only <laughs> hold so much. Yeah, you and then you just have to... <laughs> You better ingest some psyllium, goddammit. <laughs> Listen, I am telling you, it'll I mean, save your life. You and I, if we can't get a, a line, a line, the probiotics should be sponsoring this and oh my psyllium God. husk. Listen, yeah. because like, <laughs> like I used to say this when Rose was alive, and yes, I'm going to verbalize and I'll have to write about it as well. In your there, one-man show. My one man, whatever that is. When your um, when your boyfriend turns Japanese and your mother dies from dementia, go ahead. Okay. Okay. Oh my god. Oh my. And there's goodness. and there's liver cancer along the way. Go ahead. Oh my. Oh my god. Exactly. Oh my god. That's me. But, that sounds like boomerang. Take that oh my boomerang, goodness. bitch. I was just like, oh my god. I never thought I'd be happy to see feces in the toilet, and <laughs> as I said. And because that meant, you know, Rose was going, it was regular. For all of and you I, having your dinner now, enjoy your meal <laughs> as you listen to One on One with Jasper Cole. We're here to educate on the gastrointestinal system and, as I and, the, Ronnie, and the neuroses that Ralph and I have from childhood. And I said to Ronnie, um, oh, yeah, psyllium huff, it's the caregiver's friend. <laughs> Oh my it's the, goodness! It's the four a.m. calls, best friend. Yes. Four, oh hilarious. yes, absolutely. God, remember when oh. I used to go on those early morning bike rides, and I'd be like up at three in the morning, you know, having this full ass breakfast. So like I would, you know, get my system going. So I would eliminate because I said, "Honey, I am not having a bowel movement and no Porto San while we are riding through wherever, girl. I'm just hoping I don't have a fucking flat mm. tire." Because that's not going well, to how about well. when I when I first met Dennis, he had just finished the AIDS ride that was from L.A. to San Francisco and back. Remember, and that was mm-hmm. a four days. He's got some stories about that porta potties, sleeping in tents, you know, eating off the food trucks and all the shit that you and I would never do. So I'd rather just write a check and send it in. Oh right? my God! I just make I, a donation. I just don't even know how I'd be comfortable in a Porto sound. I don't. E- I I can't imagine it. It's. I, I. I just can't. But you know, the one time I had to do it, it was. Well, I guess there have been times when I've had to do it, but it was with Michael. We went to that. You know, in Griffith Park on Halloween, <laughs> they have that big event. They have that whatever uh-huh. it's called, Haunt, haunted Halloween or some kind of yes. thing. Or mm-hmm. So we all went. You know, because that's what gays do. And it was a whole group of people, and it was fun. We had fun. Oh God, one, the photos that we took are fierce. It's just the call. Did they just get any of you going in the porta potty? No, but when we had to go, <laughs> and we had to wait in those lines, I was like, oh my God! But when I went into the porta potty, I of course just urinated. But when before I came out, I mean, when I came out, I just opened the door to everybody waiting, and I said, guys, come here. You gotta see this. <laughs> J- just joking. You know, but um, it was a dis- <laughs> it was it was a disgusting, disgusting experience. You know, so yeah, we all have our little things, and um, well, so we, yeah. yeah, Ralph, we knew we bonded on in the beginning on on many things, but that's one that Ralph and I. So listeners, not to get too in depth, but just know that Ralph and I thought that we were that everyone had some similar issues that we did. Um, when it comes to certain bodily functions, but then we're finding out that we're kind of not in the in the majority on that. So, you know, once again, makes us special, makes yeah. us, you know, unique. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, so everybody for their own thing and stuff, but, you know, we all are who we are and, um, you know, there's Kumbaya. so many- 
Yeah, there's so many things and things happening in the world. I mean, when all of this started at the beginning, did they ever think it would last this long and there'd be this many people? You know, I mean, no, it starts, no. You know, well, you remember what, what the average age uh, lifespan was like 30 years old. Well, I guess it started out less and it's just gotten more and more, you know, as we go along. My our 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 friend York uh, Fryer is in South Carolina right now celebrating his aunt's 108th birthday. Oh, wow. How she great. Has all her fa- she has all her faculties, her mind, her body, everything's perfect. Oh, that's so – see, God, we are seriously one end of it. We're all just so different, you know, so Ms. similar. Miss Jane Pittman. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, yeah. how interesting. Well, good for everybody's health and for yours and mine and Dennis. And, you know, all the people that we love, we could go on and on. But right. um, this was another rousing show, as always. I mean, God, are we ever going to have a dull show? Oh, by the way, I think yesterday was Christy Metz's birthday, and I thought of her because, you know, Christy. Oh, I did wish her a happy birthday. And John Kirby, our mutual acting coach for years, who, you know, John Kirby is her on-set coach and travels oh, okay. with her. But he posted a beautiful picture of the two of them. What I love about Chrissy is she has remained loyal to anyone who knew her before the fame and exactly. fortune. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so that's so she's, nice. she's a great, a great lady. And lastly, Ralph, I wanted to let you know, um, I follow Patty Davis. That was Ronald Reagan's daughter. She's an author and um, she's got a poignant new book out. And it's really about dementia and Alzheimer's and caring uh, taking care of Alzheimer's as a, a parent, and it's getting like Pulitzer Prize buzz. It's so brilliant. So I was going to tell you about it, and I think she actually does the audio book where she she reads it. So it mm-hmm. might be something having you you know having been on the other side of that now um, might be something interesting for you. But anyway, well, listen, Thank everyone. You. We will be back next week with another. We actually have a, a, another author next week. We're so highbrow. You know what? Yeah, we we <laughs> we go we go from we go from talking to a five time in Emmy winning Golden Mike winning journalist to talking about bowel movements and porta potties. So we are. You know what? We we do not shy away from all topics. On one on one with Jasper. <laughs> <clears throat> well, Ralph, have a great rest of the week and the weekend. Everyone, we will see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye bye. Bye bye, Planet Eartha. Thanks for checking out One on One with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.